On this episode of the BYO Nano Podcast, let's add inflation to the list of worries a small brewery has to think about. Amid a pandemic, increasing competition, and supply chain issues, three nano brewers join us to talk about how they're navigating these increasingly worrisome waters. This is John Hall, and welcome to episode 29. Earlier this month at the Craft Brewers Conference held in Minneapolis, the pandemic was still the main topic of conversation, but amid the mask and surge talk, a new word kept creeping in, inflation. The rising cost of goods is impacting everyone, and small breweries are especially feeling the pinch. For on-the-ground stories and practical advice, I'm joined by three nanobreweries from Colorado, New Jersey, and Rhode Island to talk about how they are tackling the challenge and what else they're doing to keep the lights on and the business moving forward. But first, a word of thanks to this show's sponsors, and we hope you'll give them a closer look. Five Star Chemicals. Make your next clean and delicious beer with the help of Five Stars Homebrew Club program at fivestarchemicals.com. Like most of you listening, Five Star loves a good drink. That's why Five Star makes life easier for industry workers and homebrewers. Sign up for Five Stars Homebrew Club for free seminars featuring big names in the industry, exclusive product testing, and 20% off your next order. Raise a glass at fivestarchemicals.com and click the Homebrew Club banner to join the community. Yakima Chief Hops has combined their patented cryogenic hop processing technology with cutting-edge lab analysis to create cryohops with a pop. Cryopop, original blend, is a supercharged, concentrated lupulin pellet packed with the most beer-soluble hop compounds or compounds that survive the brewing process. It is engineered to bring massive tropical, stone fruit, and citrus aromas to your finished beers. Learn more about this new innovative product at cryopopblend.com. We're also brought to you by Blickman Engineering. With superior engineering and unrivaled service, Blickman Pro Brewing Equipment is designed from the ground up to generate a quick return on your investment by getting you up and running as efficiently as possible without sacrificing quality. These systems are versatile and flexible enough to give you room to grow with a modular design that can fit any space. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn more about their one to 10 barrel brew house systems and cellaring equipment. Also, Get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts, watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. In the two plus years that we've been recording the show, I've heard from a lot of small brewers and nano owners that it can be often lonely with a feeling of disconnection and that hearing from peers from time to time helps put things into perspective or to guide them along. So as we enter a new phase of the pandemic with additional economic worries, I called up three nano brewers and brought them together to share their experiences and action plan. The panel includes Gretchen Schmidthausler of Little Dog Brewing in New Jersey, Efren Hidalgo of Providence Brewing in Rhode Island, and Wayne Burns of Burns Family Artisan Ales in Colorado. They spoke to me from their respective breweries. Gretchen, I want to start with you. We are 
two-ish weeks away from Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial kickoff to, to the summer months or the official kickoff to the summer months, I guess. And the Jersey Shore, where you are, this is this is the big time of year. This is this is where the money is made when the people show up. How does 2022 feel going into Memorial Day weekend as opposed to the to the previous two years? Well, I'll tell you, according to Square, my tap room sales are up 102% over last year at this time. That's exciting. 102%. That doesn't mean that I'm, um, you know, I'm rolling in money. Uh, that just means that last year was very, very bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, did, I didn't get the tap room. I call it a tap room. It's really a tasting room. I don't have food. Um, you know, I just, uh, I, I just do flights, pints, um, beer to go. Um, and we didn't reopen the inside tasting room until um, April, May of last year. So we're just kind of, you know, at that point where, um, uh, you know, the tasting room has been reopened for a full for a full year, um, the you know the, uh, obviously the outside was kind of saving us in the to go to go business. John, you know um, everybody has this the idea that we're so much busier in the summer, and that's not really the case at least for us. We're close to the beach, but we're about three quarters of a mile. Um, you know we're we're two towns in, um, and if it's a nice beach day, you know we're dead. Uh, we're not open late hours, so we're not really getting that hit after the beach. Uh, you know, for a few hours we are. Um, but, you know, the folks who are looking to go out for, you know, go out for dinner and drinks, they're looking for someplace a little bit more scenic, you know, um, something that's not maybe on Steiner Avenue, something that's a little bit closer, <laughs> closer to the water. Um, what I'm finding is that, you know, in we really need to be steady uh, year round. Uh, the fall is a very busy time for us. We actually had a very good winter. Um, the spring so far has been phenomenal. So I'm not sure what's going to happen this summer. I think it is going to be really good, though. Wayne, is the is the outlook looking? What's the outlook for you all this summer? Well, it's uh, I think the the biggest thing is approaching it uh, with caution uh, not to over project or guess as to just how it is going to go. Uh, we function uh, somewhat like Gretchen touched on as a uh, tasting room uh, with uh, glasses and you know to drink here and then packages to go. And then we do a small amount of package. Uh, Colorado allows self-distribution. So we do a small amount of self-distribution. We're at about 30 uh, accounts right now. Uh, and beyond that, uh, our core for our business was, as we opened up, uh, to be a self-sustaining tasting room place and grow into packaging and distribution as it made sense over time. And then, of course, COVID kind of uh, flipped a switch on that. Uh, we switched very heavily to curbside to go as well as uh, uh, some, you know, increasing our distribution footprint. Sounds kind of funny that 30 or so accounts is an increased footprint, but for us, that's true. Yeah. Uh, 
and uh it's all about perspective yeah right and we are we have a real focus on well i do a broad spectrum of beers but in terms of beer that we package it's a focus on high alcohol uh sometimes often but not always barrel aged beers so we uh sell these beers year round but that leads to for us i think somewhat like gretchen said uh summer is not the the busy time of the year for us uh, or at least i should say not yet hopefully this year can be a little different but we actually have our busiest time of the year from uh the fall through the winter okay and that's because we sell a lot of uh strong barrel aged beers that are special occasion holiday type beers and while we are quite comfortable with the sessionable beers that we make that's not the reputation that people know us for so as a result we don't tend to get as much traffic of folks coming out in the warm weather months Efren, being in a, in a in a city where you are and and certainly uh, where the, the warmer months mean people head to the shore, head to the beach, uh, head out to, to the Cape um, and don't necessarily spend as much time in the cities, uh, especially on the weekends. Um, how, how are you approaching Memorial Day weekend and beyond? So great question. So I think much like uh, Wayne and Gretchen, you know, we're, we're looking at it from the perspective of you know, where our, our tap house is focused primarily on getting customers to come in, sit down, enjoy a drink or two, a craft beer or two. Uh, we don't offer food, but so we're in a unique situation in that um, we transferred our brewing operations from one location to another. And this is essentially, we're restarting in this new location. Um, and based on, and I'm just going to quote Gretchen, we're up 102% year over year, uh, <laughs> comparatively to last year. And, but the, the good thing is, is that we're within this brand new building, uh, or a hub, if you will, that we've got two really solid businesses that are in the same facility that we're going to be hopefully feeding off. Uh, and feeding too uh, over the summer months. Now, traditionally in our previous location, it, it, we had an outdoor seating area, but it was inside of a mezzanine, uh, inside of a uh, inside of a structure. So we we did get a lot of foot traffic over the, the warmer summer months. And come Memorial Day, you know, we expected to be somewhat of a ghost town, uh, mm -hmm. but given our new location, given the, the traffic that we see coming in right now with all the other businesses in the area, I think we might find ourselves, and, I'm, and I'm, my fingers crossed, is that we'll probably see ourselves in a, in a positive position when it comes to sales. Comparatively to last year, you know, a dollar is better than what we made last year. So... Yeah, I guess I did to chime in on a number yeah. theme. Um, I think maybe our downs and ups might have been less dramatic than uh, Gretchen and Efren's were. We actually maintained slash grew each year that we've been open. Uh, so including the last couple of years with the hit from COVID. Uh, but you, I'm talking about we grew 
in the year aggregate, you know, something like 10 or 20% each year, which sounds fantastic. Hey, you grew during COVID. Uh, sadly, though, I'm sure that uh, everyone will understand that the, the growth that we have was uh, dramatic growth in packaged product and a dramatic shrink in draft product by the glass in our tasting room. Right. So yeah. in terms of making money, <laughs> the, the, our gross sales grew, but our chance to make money got tougher. In the in the in the early days of the pandemic, um, there were a lot of programs that individual states rolled out, that individual towns rolled out. Uh, there was a general consciousness uh, among consumers to go help their local restaurants, help their local breweries. Um, and, and I'm imagining you all saw that uh, in, in in your own ways. Um, I, I also imagine that that's waned a little bit. Uh, those are, those are some of the conversations that I was having last week of people saying, you know, they they're, they're forgetting how hard it is um, for small, family-owned, individually-owned businesses um, to 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 keep operating these days. Um, are, are are any of you still in contact with state legislators, or you know, or any of your guilds doing anything yeah. to sort of keep the keep 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 the pressure on, and um, and then even among the consumers to try to keep that keep that interest going we are uh, th- again this is Efren. um yeah. we definitely are i mean uh we were just part of a round table with our secretary of state here in rhode island and it, it was quite um quite nice to meet with them in person because they really did a great job with the the leadership in the state during the pandemic to get information out to all the small businesses and our guild really uh, was tied to the hip with all of the breweries here and the state to make sure that we, you know, we we got the the information almost moments before it was released. Um, and and you know the other part of it too, and and I think I was the only one that felt this way during that roundtable is that our division of taxation really did a great job of helping the small businesses understand the impact of not being open and what that does to the state as far as their revenue is concerned and, and our taxes. Um, so they were very helpful in, in answering questions and pointing us in the right direction. We took advantage of, uh, of you know, those, the, the, the PPP loans, much like many other businesses did. And that really did help us over the humps uh, on, on that, the really tough, tough times when everything was shut down. Uh, Wayne or Gretchen, how about now though? Um, is, is is help still needed? Um, or interest at least? Or you know, I, I don't I don't really know how to answer that. I right before I left for Minneapolis, I was thrilled to um, get the proceeds from uh, not one but two different grants. Um, you know, again, I'm small, so to me they were they were sizable grants. One came from the state. Uh, and I knew it was coming. It was um, New Jersey Economic Development Authority, and it was called Small um, Small Business Improvement Grant. And if you you know you made a case, which was very easy to make um, for you know furniture, new furniture, equipment, whatever, they would reimburse you fifty percent up to fifty thousand dollars. So we bought in. I bought, I guess, in um, April um, uh, March of twenty twenty one. 
um, a canning unit, you know, a one head canning unit. And um, it was $24,000. And I was reimbursed half of that. I also bought a new fermenter, got half of that. And then, you know, um, assorted other purchases, um, display refrigerator to display the cans that I was canning. And all told, the um, that that grant was about seventeen thousand dollars, which was just un- unbelievable. And then the county also, and this one kind of came out of the blue. They had a um, a program where they would reimburse you for uh, expenses, you know, kind of necessary and related to COVID. So I was able to get. Um, another $9,000 to reimburse me for uh, cans and labels. The first grant didn't cover supplies. And, you know, that's going to, I mean, I'm going to spend some of it. I'm going to repay myself um, a little bit and I'm going to use it to, um, you know, just bank it. Um, and, and that was just great. And I, I think that these in New Jersey, they still have some money. There are some more programs coming, I think, maybe not to that extent, but they're yeah. there. And, and, and it sounds even like the time that you have to put into filling out the paperwork or, or government hoops that, you know, even as, as small as they may be uh, in the time of a pandemic, um, putting in that effort it literally pays off. Yeah, I mean, I, I spent, um, I spent um, you know, I would say two whole days just gathering information, transmitting it to them. Um, you know, trying to file the application with thousands of other businesses, you know, when, when it opened. Um, but yeah, it was definitely worth it. And I want uh, just to make a shout out to our, my guild, because our executive director is just great about keeping us in the loop. Uh, we get emails from him, you know, several times a week with what's going on. And um, with the exception of the county grant, um, you know, everything that I've learned about, I've, I've heard from him first. That's, um, uh, which, which there, there are two guilds in New Jersey right now. And, <laughs> um, and, and Wayne, Wayne Brewer- can relate to this because Colorado was for a short time, one of the only other States that had two, um, they've since sorted themselves out, but which, which, which guild are you in? The Brewers Guild of New Jersey. Okay. The professional one. Good. Um, the one, the one <laughs> um, Wayne, you've had the benefit of being around uh, for you know quite a while now and establishing yourself in the neighborhood um, with regular customers, um, state and, 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 and town aside. What have you done to continue to, 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 to communicate to the regulars? Um, to the folks who have been with you through thick or thin, even before the pandemic, um, about you know how you need them, uh, th- th- their role, their their importance. Sure, sure, uh, and I I feel I I can sort of I think do a nice combined answer to sort of touch the topic that Efren and Gretchen had just touched sure. on uh, briefly. Uh, what we we unfortunately, uh, we, we joke uh, with each other, uh, my wife, Laura, and I, uh, that we worked too hard in the first year and three quarters that we were open to the public before COVID hit us. Uh, we worked so hard that we had no employees. 
Uh, we did all the brewing, cellaring, packaging, bartending, um, social media, accounting, bookkeeping, every single thing of this business we personally did ourselves for the nearly two years before COVID hit us. Yeah. And, and so then when the PPP came on the scene, the problem is we literally were hiring our first uh, employee the week of St. Patrick's Day 2020, That's which a... is the week that the shutdown hit. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, as it turned out, we didn't hire an employee. Um, and the sad thing, though, is that it's a payroll protection program. And being that we're an LLC and we're uh, thus not we're not on payroll, uh, we had no payroll. So we had no documented payroll to, quote, protect. So thus, it sabotaged our ability to get anything from the PPP program, which was very unfortunate, um, kind of an unexpected consequence. There was money in the city and state, the city of Denver, the state of Colorado. We applied, but and I have to imagine there were an awful lot of folks applying, and for whatever dynamics, we were not able to get approved for any of that grant money, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so we kind of had to make a go of it with that. As a result, of course, we didn't hire anyone. Um, and, you know, as COVID hit and Laura and I then stuck it out for more than another year before we finally brought people on board. In any case, though, then going to the more recent question you just asked, John, mm -hmm. uh, trying to connect with our regulars, our customers, on some levels, it's somewhat easy for us because we are the entire, well, we, as of when COVID hit, we were the entire company. So the only people they knew at Burns Family Artisan Ales were myself and my wife because right. no one else was ever here. And so we knew those people personally to some lesser or greater degree, depending on how regular they were. So some of it was simply personal interface with these folks, whether it was when they came to pick up a curbside to go, or whether it was when they might shoot us a message saying, hey, have you got another release coming out or whatever? And we were always trying to figure ways that we could engage with them in a way that was both friendly, constructive, and hope you're feeling well, as well as trying to softly remind that, you know, yes, it's still kind of challenging for us to make a go of this. And, you know, we had been, I think for our place, looking at doing various things to try to pump up our summer business. Uh, we hadn't been able to do it very well over 2020 or 21 because, you know, but ways to reach out to try to get those better summer crowds. This year, we're gonna actually, hopefully if folks can stay healthy, be able to do it. And we're gonna have a IPA themed month in June. We're gonna have a session beer themed month in August trying to remind people that, well, okay, you may like the barrel-aged imperial stouts that we do or things like that. You can also come out and enjoy a glass or three of a table <laughs> saison or an English bitter or et cetera. And you can still buy those special beers to take home with you. But just trying to engage with them and remind them those sorts of things. And then beyond that, I think it would sort of go into the topic of uh, that you would hinted at but maybe not fully opened up for us yet of 
other sorts of uh, month in and month out activities that we try to do to engage with our customers when there are an awful lot of bigger named, bigger profile breweries in the area. Yeah. So I, I'll leave that for the moment until later. No, I want to, I want to get to that, but Evan is, is the age of, I don't know, soft touches to consumers. Uh, is that behind us now? Is there, <laughs> did, 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 did the pandemic allow for businesses to really uh, pull back the curtain and share what's happening at the business day to day instead of just the, uh, the, the, the smile to everybody who walks in. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really did. And I think that has shown throughout, not just through the pandemic, but post pandemic till today, I think what, what that soft touch did was really kind of remind us as professionals that we got into this business simply not, not just from our, our desire and love of the craft and the ability that we had and, and fortune that we had as business owners to start our business, but it also kept us humble. Um, and it, it made sure that we were grounded in the simple fact that we're part of the community. And in doing so, you know, it, it, it strengthened the relationships that we already had, but it also created new friendships and new um, followers that when we opened our, our doors to our new location, they really got to see that, you know, the brewer is in the building. He's actually, you know, you know handing you a, a beer. He's actually talking to you like a normal human being. Although I'm an introvert, um, you know, here I am just humbled in front of the, the people that are sitting here drinking our beer and, and wondering in my head, I'm going, you know, wow, this, this is just beyond beyond amazing for me. Um, but more importantly, I think it, it kept the process of the simple fact that, you know what, in order for us to maintain these operations, in order for us to continue the creative approaches that we take to making beer and the staff that we have uh, on a day-to-day -day basis in our tap house, it, it personalized everything uh, in such a way that you really don't see that going into another type of business, retail business, let's say. Gretchen, does that sound familiar? It sure does. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that became um, apparent to me, you know, I was like, I think we were all kind of in a state of shock um, when this first happened. Now in New Jersey, we never had to close our doors. Um, we were deemed essential. Um, well, we we could we didn't have to close our doors, but we couldn't let anyone in the building. So, you know, I put a little chain across the front door and I sold beer to go. Um, I started seeing a lot of, um, uh, you know, more local people. Um, you know, there were people, we have a number of breweries in the area. People were trying to support local. They were buying probably more beer than they ever could have drank, um, which, which was okay. So 2020 was actually a lot better than 2021. Um, but since then, I, I have, um, you know, what you guys were just saying, you know, I have local, I have, um, my regulars have become, um, you know, more loyal. Uh, there's more loyalty. People aren't, traveling so far afield. Um, they're sticking a little closer to home. I'm seeing a lot of people who have never been to me before um, who live in surrounding towns um, or they were there um, last weekend. I worked um, last Saturday. I was in the tasting room and, 
you know, I couldn't, couldn't believe how many people came in and they said, oh, you know, I was here once a few years ago, but we're kind of being rediscovered and that's very good. And yes, there is definitely um, a very personal relationship with the customers. I, I always kind of had that because I am a, um, you know, like, like, like many of us, I mean, I run the business, I run the business myself and I'm there, but previously uh, prior to COVID, I always had, and again, we're, you know, we're pretty small, but I always had two people working at one time. And if I was there, you know, my job was kind of to entertain people, give them tours, talk about the beer. Um, now um, with COVID, we started, we, we, we got a lot smarter. We stopped doing things that were at the time that were really labor intensive, like filling growlers. Now we had the, the cans people could just grab and go. We weren't doing yes. flights and that takes a lot of time. Um, we in New Jersey were required to do a tour in order to, to pour somebody a beer. So the tours got a lot shorter. Um, you know, it was basically, <laughs> this is my brewery. Hello. Uh, so I only had um, I only had one one person working each shift for a couple of reasons. We just didn't need two people. I didn't need to be paying you know anyone. I pay people minimum wage, which in New Jersey is thirteen dollars an hour plus tips. Um, so you know to have another person on is um, you know is a little bit of a burden, and um, also again, with COVID, you know, you would get somebody call and say, gee, I'm supposed to work on Sunday, but I was with my boss and he was with someone who might have, and I don't know if I can get a test. And I said, man, you know, this isn't going to work because if we're all working together and somebody's exposed, we're going to close down. Yeah. So we just yes. kind of, we kept it set. We kept it simple and that's what we're doing. So Saturday is my shift. I work and, you know, sometimes it gets busy. Um, you know, a couple of days um, uh, recently, a couple of Saturdays in a row, we ran, I ran out of glasses because I'm, you know, trying to serve people and do it. So, you know, I was shouting at people as they came in, no flights, no flights um, <laughs> and pouring and pouring in plastic. And, you know, a couple of people said to me or started saying in the beginning, well, you know, gee, you should have another person on. And I looked them in the eye and said, I can't afford another person. I said, I'm going to be busy for, you know, like it's going to be a little bit out of control for 20 minutes. And then that's going to be it. You know, I can't afford to have somebody here with me the whole time. And people for the first time started saying, huh, okay. And, you know, they kind of began to get it, I think. Has that been a similar experience, Wayne or Efren? Yeah. I think that, yeah, yes, in, in a word, yes. I think to, to Gretchen's point, I mean, it's, and, and to Wayne, it, you know, you're, you, during that time, you it was just you, and if you were fortunate to have a partner or better half that worked with you. <laughs> yes, it was just, I was fortunate. It was, yeah, it, exactly. It, it was just the, you know, you or, or even plus one plus two. Um, now, it, it, because of the, that relationship that we built over time with a lot of these people, and to Gretchen's point, there were things that we cut out out of our daily offerings that, you know, to this day, we're slowly reintroducing, um, like, like tasters. You know, we, we, we've stopped. Unfortunately, we don't have the, the funds for a canning line. Uh, we're hoping for it at some point soon. So I might be knocking on Gretchen's door, um, 
but yep, I'll, I'll definitely have a recommendation for you. Perfect. Um, but you know, it, it, customers are are very understanding, and I can't say that I, I don't. Apologetic is not the right word. I think they're more. Um, I, I'm just going to say it again, understanding of the situation. And, and they're a bit more patient uh, with, with all of us, but it's been, it's been a, a great learning experience. Something that you never would have learned in a book. Like Tony McKee never talked about a pandemic. Um, Sam no. Calgione never talked about the fear of, you know, losing your business because you had to shut down for months at a time due to some global pandemic, right? So these things never were never part of the lexicon of education that we had um, when we were homebrewers with the aspirations of becoming a brewer. We'll get back to the panel in just a moment, but first, a word of thanks to this episode's sponsors, Five Star Chemicals. Make your next clean and delicious beer with the help of Five Star's Homebrew Club program at fivestarchemicals.com. Like most of you listening, Five Star loves a good drink. That's why Five Star makes life easier for industry workers and homebrewers. Sign up for Five Star's Homebrew Club for free seminars featuring big names in the industry, exclusive product testing, and 20% off your next order. Raise a glass at fivestarchemicals.com and click the Homebrew Club banner to join the community. Yakima Chief Hops has combined their patented cryogenic hop processing technology with cutting-edge lab analysis to create cryohops with a pop. Cryopop Original Blend is a supercharged, concentrated lupulin pellet packed with the most beer-soluble hop compounds or compounds that survive the brewing process. It is engineered to bring massive tropical, stone fruit, and citrus aromas to your finished beers. Learn more about this new innovative product at cryopopblend.com. We're also brought to you by Blickman Engineering. With superior engineering and unrivaled service, Blickman Pro Brewing Equipment is designed from the ground up to generate a quick return on your investment by getting you up and running as efficiently as possible without sacrificing quality. These systems are versatile and flexible enough to give you room to grow with a modular design that can fit any space. Visit BlickmanPro.com to learn more about their one to 10 barrel brew house systems and cellaring equipment. Also, Get access to hundreds of hours of on-demand videos covering small craft brewery strategies with BYO's new Nano Plus membership. Learn from craft beer experts watching replays of past NanoCon seminars, plus a complete library of in-depth workshops. You'll also have full online access to all of BYO's digital content and an annual print magazine subscription. Check out byo.com slash nanoplus for more details. Also, BYO has a live online workshop coming up of interest to small-scale craft brewers. On June 17th, learn about brewery financials. The live online workshop is four hours long, and you'll have the opportunity to ask experts your questions live. Find out more at byo.com slash bootcamps. The word that kept coming up last week uh, at the Craft Brewers Conference was inflation. And uh, turn on any of the news channels. It's 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 what everybody is talking about right now. Um, it, it feels like for small businesses that have gone through the last two years, like all of you had, where you're making sacrifices, where you're worried about labor, um, you're trying to keep the lights on and 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 things moving while people are still coming in. Um, that 
this has the potential in the long term uh, to to alter the course of the business again. Um, Wayne, when when at the top of the show, uh, when you're talking about self distribution, um, I mean even gas prices right now are sure. you know difficult. Um, how, how have you all been managing, and 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 what are you all looking at right now? Well, I, it, it's challenging. I think that is certainly the case. I, we're, I, you know, a lot of people tend to, especially the, the people who, on some level, are the most knowledgeable. Uh, the, you know, like home brewers about the brewing process tend to look at making and selling beer for a living as something where the idea is that there's a big margin. The idea being that your your cost of raw ingredients is a relatively low number, and uh, it's a little more complex than that when you're doing it as a business rather than as a hobby, uh, as as I'm sure everyone here would chime in and agree with. But what we have been looking to do to this point is to so far not increase our price points either on our packaged products, whether it be sold here or distributed, or on our glasses of beer sold here, um, or on the occasional kegs that we sell. Um, and as a result, we are, you know, sucking up some of those increased costs. And uh, I think to something that both Gretchen and Efren touched on, trying to streamline and manage things more and more carefully. Uh, one of the one of the, you know, what's the, it's a relationship business is a line I've heard going back decades in craft beer. Um, you know, being a Michigan native, I very clearly remember the head of sales for Bell's Brewery hanging out and talking with me at one point back in the 90s and talking about, you know, you don't make a deal with someone by calling them up on the phone and asking them to buy your beer. You make a deal by hanging out um, at 10 o'clock at night and having a glass of beer with them and just talking and getting to know them. It's a relationship thing. And we certainly find that that's true when we're selling beer at various, you know, to stores. So within that context, we had tried to approach it to a fair degree as we wanted to get to know our retailers a little bit. We wanted to get to know the people there, the ownership management sales team at the retail store both to ensure that it was a good store that would represent our beer and our brand well, as well as to be able to have sort of the idea of a long-term relationship. We're not in this to try and make a few bucks quickly and be done. Yeah. And that's all fine until uh, things like gas money alone starts hurting you. Uh, when you have people, rather than say, shooting out a weekly email with here's our updates on our price list, where instead you've been going out and meeting these people and talking with them face to face, and then all of a sudden your cost of gas doubles or something like that. And, you know, every little thing that whittles away at the amount of money that you can make when you're selling something, it has an impact. We... Um, one of the things that we've done here a fair amount, and it's worked really well for us over the past several years, is to do upscale food and beer dinners where we get a top-notch chef on site with a mobile kitchen temporary license, cooking food here for people, serving premium our premium beer with it. That sort of thing has worked well for us. 
and we were planning to go to uh, a large event next month out on the East Coast that's focused on such things. And, uh, and we're actually having to reevaluate whether we can financially afford to do that simply because of the inflationary cost of travel and shipping to get out to the East Coast. Uh, so it's impacting us. The inflation dynamic is very much impacting us. For the most part, we try to keep it under the surface, not a raised price, and just find ways to trim and get more efficient. But there are things that are starting to materialize where we're not sure if we're going to be able to do everything we wish to do to help market and connect with new customers and, and keep growing. Gretchen, I heard you 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 were jumping in a a, a minute or so. Yeah, ago. so um, I was just um, and I apologize if I was making noise. No, I just, no, no, I just, no, I just, no, I, just well, I, I didn't have a delicate way to I didn't have a delicate way <laughs> um, to be like, hey. So you know, talking about um, ingredients and and um, uh, you know re requirements, supplies, whatever. I just got a um, uh, a pallet, uh, ha a half pallet, really of. of um, uh, cans yesterday and i'm just looking i was just curious i was printing out the invoice and i ordered last from them in december and i just got them yesterday um i'd love to order a whole pallet but i can't get it through the door so um <laughs> so and the one time i tried to break it down it was the windiest day of the year and they were oh, all the so anyway um and i'm looking and i realized that um those that had that hat um half pallet which is about 3100 cans went up about 80 dollars okay since december right um you know i'm small i um and and this there's no freight on this this is a um a company in new jersey uh that delivers note and they don't they have their own truck and they don't uh deliver they don't charge freight so um you know that that's a lot of money um I'm small, so my increases are 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 manageable at this point. Um, I'm charging, you know, we're we're kind of in the New York market, um, sort of. So I'm charging, you know, maybe um, a little bit more than than some people would. Um, and uh, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna raise my prices at this point. I think my prices are fair, and you know there's enough of a margin to um, to make it work for me. But that's just uh, I'm I'm really just kind of surprised it went up that much that quickly. And I think yeah. this is only the beginning, at least you know hopefully temporarily. But who knows? And, and it's funny. It's a, I've taken the complete I've taken a complete different approach maybe than most. Is that I've I've just turned a blind eye. Um, I, I I can't I can't look at the increasing prices every day because you know a bag of grain one day is fifty two cents, the next day it's seventy five, um, you know per pound, and, and it's, it 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 starts to wear on you. So now I everything you know since day one I've always blended the cost. So. Yeah, that's how I keep doing it. And some things are a little less expensive. Other things are a bit more. Um, but, you know, the term supply chain has always been a burr in my side. And I heard it in the tech industry when I was in it. And I'm tired of it. And I think for, for a small business to, to, for us to survive and us to be able to, to manage the, 
the cost of things, um, it also helps uh, in some sense to be able to, you know, to, to gang up your purchases with uh, another brewery like we do on occasion, depending upon you know, the, the material that we're getting. So we can defer and kind of like wash up those costs that way, but in the long run, what are we gonna do? You know, we, we have to 